Genre. Welcome back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we open the door without knocking in Spider-Man 2, <laughs> one cake-eating minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Zach Luna. And I'm Crystal Beth. Welcome, Crystal. Oh, Welcome I'm so back. happy to be here. Thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. um, so today we are talking about Minute 81, which uh-huh. starts with the door opening behind Peter. Yes. Uh, and ends with Ursula taking Peter's plate away. Oh. <laughs> What's funny is the description of this minute does not tell you how uncomfortable it is. <laughs> um, so, well, okay. So first of all, I, I've got to, before we really get into Ursula, because we've been, we've been holding back on our Ursula talk all season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do have to give her crap because she says, do you want a slice of chocolate cake? And this is... <laughs> Yellow cake with chocolate frosting. Ursula, that is not chocolate cake. Come on. It, like, nobody would s- call that chocolate cake. Buddy. No. <laughs> and it's made me... I remember the day I saw it in the theater, I was like, that is not chocolate cake. That is yellow cake. <laughs> like, yeah. what a mistake to be made. Yeah. It's... I don't know. It's like somebody saying, do you want, like, you know, brownies or something? And then they give you, like... What do you call those bars? Like, that are, like blondies or whatever but there's chocolate oh, in yeah them. like oh, there's yeah. some chocolate chips in them so it's chocolate flavored but it's a fundamental like it's... misidentification type of thing you got my expectations up for chocolate cake i thought we we're gonna have some sort of cool matilda riff here but now we just <laughs> got, like yeah it's uh if you want to go in a very extreme way for the description it's like mm. uh saying you're gonna get someone a bowl of ice cream and they come back with like plain yogurt <laughs> you're like this is Yes, it's like the same thing, but if you want chocolate cake, that's a very specific. You don't want yellow cake. You want yeah. chocolate. At least it was chocolate frosting. Could you imagine if it was funfetti? Oh God! Oh no! No. no. Like, I mean, oh, I would be, I would be happier, but that's just because <laughs> funfetti is my favorite. Me uh, too. Yeah. Uh, no, I like chocolate. That's good. The, the, uh, the at least she, you know, she she did legitimately bring a glass of milk. I guess unless unless it was like soy milk or something, and we just didn't. <laughs> Peter's just being super polite, like, oh, maybe she doesn't know what any of these words mean. (laughs) Super watery glue. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Choking it back. (laughs) So she, she she just bursts into his apartment and then realizes what she's done and then, like, apologizes and leaves and knocks, which I think is pretty great. Uh, Yeah. There's something magical about watching her, like, thought process or decisions play out physically, like... She she was so excited to talk to Peter, so she just barges in and then realizes she shouldn't have done that, and so goes to close it. But then she's like halfway through closing the door and doesn't finish it because 
and she's like hiding from the way he looks she's like no in for a penny in for a pound i'll just apologize no 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 and then i'll like you can just watch her have (laughs) this whole little journey with the door (laughs) so peter says she can come so uncomfortably adorable yes Mm -hmm. yeah oh man so tell us tell us about ursula zach yeah so ursula here is played by uh, megana tova who's a um character actress who's been around for a while she was born in hawaii raised in nashville tennessee schooled in southern california and she studied uh, theater arts at california institute of the arts in usc um she was like a really whip spartan determined young person she uh graduated high school at the age of 16 she she skipped an entire year of school by doubling her course load and taking a lot of ap classes because she wanted to get right into studying theater and whatnot um and then when she did uh study theater and she uh finished out her um degree in theater arts at usc she kind of started working right out of college she had you know little parts on shows like nypd blue and buffy the vampire slayer she was uh one of the magic addicts in like the the drug dens run by rack in season six that like willow visits and it's all like sketchy yeah she she has this like real thin physique yeah (laughs) yeah my my two least favorite parts of buffy the vampire slayer are the uh vampire sucking den and yeah. the uh, magic addicted user den, <laughs> like both times that they've done like drug dens, but not drugs. Uh, I those would be my least favorite parts of that show. Yeah, it's just really awkward, and uh, I I'm all for you know sublimating the uh, the lesson into the reality in some sort of way, but it's just the most hackneyed way they ever do it. And, and they just, do it twice. They're they like, it, it twice. wasn't yeah. <laughs> it wasn't enough that they did it once. They did it twice. <laughs> And it's only like a season apart. Like it's really, well, oh, let's go back to that well, you guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, she was in there, you know, earning her fix. Uh, and then um, maybe two years after that, she landed this role in Spider-Man 2. Um, she would have been about 24 when they shot this. And uh, she was then, she then got like recurring character roles on things like Joan of Arcadia and The Shield. She played Molly on Scandal, uh, Amy on You're the Worst. And our listeners might know her. I'm just assuming because the people who listen to our show they might know her as the librarian on The Magicians, which yep. is her sort of current mm-hmm. big role that That's she has. That's what I most recently have seen her from. Of course, when I was watching The Magicians and I saw her, I didn't know, I didn't understand. I was like, I recognize this person, but I don't know where because she holds herself completely differently oh, as yeah. the yeah. librarian on The Magicians. Um, <laughs> yeah, much more I've never, confidently I've... and everything. I have not uh-huh. seen The Magicians yet, but I was mm-hmm. uh, watching it because they were talking about like hand movements and everything. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that sounds really cool. So I was just looking at a couple pictures and a picture of her came up and I was like, how do I know her? <laughs> and then I was watching Spider-Man 2 for you guys, which I've not seen in eons. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's who that is. Yeah. And completely different. Just like you said, I was like, that's. That's some uh, some good camouflage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like that feeling where uh, like maybe you went to school with somebody like ages ago and then you see them out in the wild and you're like trying to place them for a bit. There's something so immediately familiar about them, but she's, you know, so much more like like an adult looking now that you, it takes a while to place it. You're like, why do I, did I go to... Well, and the thing the thing that I get worried about in L.A. is that, like, I'll see somebody and think I know them from something. And I can't remember if it's did I physically meet them somewhere or did I just see them on TV? Like, right. that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trying to place feeling. I um, I actually have a uh, Meganatova run-in story, which I guess I could share 
now or later or whenever. Um, I mean, I think this I, is probably the last time we're going to see her in the movie. Um, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in uh, in L.A., I briefly worked in a, a casting office as a as a reader. Um, they if, when they can swing it, it's nice to have you know an actual actor or working actor to sit in the in the auditions and read the other side of the scene. So whoever's auditioning th- for the part is in front of the camera, and then they have to be talking and interacting with somebody in the in the room. A lot of times they'll just be a casting assistant or the direct casting director themselves. But on bigger projects, it's nice to have an assigned reader right there so everybody else can just focus on their job. So that was what I did. I was just like the actor in the office who would sit down and read with all of the actors who came in and auditioned. And so the project was this um, detective movie that actually didn't end up getting made. It it was starring a pretty big actor who um, the negotiations with the producers fell through at the last minute, but it was very much the last minute. So we were working on casting all the principal roles and there was this like wife role. So the movie was about a detective and he had this scene where he visits his estranged wife who loves him but can't abide by his bad behavior anymore so it's just like really big emotional fight anger and tears all this stuff and i had to pretend to be this like uh grizzled detective and read with all of these actresses who came <laughs> in to play the wife which is surreal to begin with um but it became more and more surreal as i started to recognize people who came in and the first one that really threw me for a loop was uh, elizabeth rome who played kate lockley on angel the uh, oh. like uh, the cop that Angel knows or whatever. So she came in and read for the the scene one day, and there's something really intense about like somebody that you like know from TV or film or something like looking you dead in the eyes and like yelling at you. <laughs> like <there's>, <laughs> <laughs> you have this like weird out of body experience where you're just trying to like go along for the ride. And uh, for the most part, we had actors who came in who were very like. Um, forceful and steadfast and you know really in the argument really brought it to you like you know if anybody's familiar with elizabeth rome's worth she work she has this very strong presence and then later in the afternoon an actress came in to read and she was like very sweet and a little bit quiet and we started to read the scene and she was just kind of like looking down at the beginning and as the like more emotional parts of the scene came up she just lifted her eyes and looked at me and in that moment i realized it was megana tova it was it was ursula from spider-man too. oh man <laughs> and the line that she decided to like look up at me on was i love you and like she had this like open like vulnerable uh you know earnest quality to her and you know where she's not quite like sobbing yet or is just like She's she's so hurt and she looks into your eyes and like wants your uh, I don't know a- approval or whatnot and it broke me like that. <laughs> I was sitting there I like we'd already been like acting with her in this sequence and then she had this moment where she looked into my eyes and I just kind of like melted I was like oh no and I'm like oh that's why she's been working for like forever like she just is so good at being vulnerable but not not necessarily being weak about it she mm-hmm. was just so open and and genuine and like. I kind of had to sit down after she left because I was like, that's the, <laughs> that's the girl from Spider-Man too. And like the casting director I was working with didn't like get wh- why that like would really affect me so much. But I, like, <laughs> I mean, that's, it's, it's her. Like I've always wanted to like comfort her and I had to like tell her like, no, I hate you or something like that. <laughs> <in the scene. laughs> so that was my, my run in with Meganatova was that I had to, I had to hurt her while she like was pleading for me to be kind. <laughs> oh my God. That's 
so sad. Yeah. Very sad. Yeah. And she was a great actor and she was like in the, you know, top contention for the role, but then the uh, the project fell through. And I guess this would have been right before she booked uh, You're the Worst. And so she was okay after that, but it was like one of those things where, man, that would have been cool to see like uh, a project you helped on and then, hey, it's Ursula. It's Ursula. There she is. Yeah. I uh, I have to praise the uh, the costume people on this with, with Ursula because I like that... Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that she's probably playing someone in in her twenties, much like you know the actress herself, mm-hmm. um, they dress her in uh, like a high schooler's clothes, as if her father hasn't bought her any new clothes since she was in high school. Like it almost yes. looks like she's grown out of these clothes, but she can still technically wear them. So he's like, "What do I mm-hmm. need to buy you new clothes for? You've got clothes." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so and it, it does make that. her look even smaller or skinnier than she already is. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. draped on clothes hanger type clothes. Um, yeah, I mean. Man, I remember those cloth belts that matched the pants that. <laughs> oh, man. That girls wore in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, man. And that's exactly what her outfit looks like. She lo- It looks like an outfit from the late 90s. Yeah. In mm-hmm. the early 2000s. And I was just, when I was watching this, I was like, man, even the extras, like the featured extras, I was like, my God, I forgot about heroin chic and how everyone <laughs> was bones back then. Like old, like Mandy Moore and Britney Spears. It was all like, you could see the hip bones and you could see how frail everyone is. But what I love mm-hmm. about her is that you could tell it's not her trying to be that. She just happens to be all skin and bones. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. She's not a... Uh, Oh, what's the actress from the OC? Uh, 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 Misha Barton. Mar- Marissa's the character. Yeah, Misha right, Barton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It's, it's not like a uh, I'm hip Misha Barton t- style thing. It's just like, oh, this is who I am. I don't know type of awkwardness. But it's so endearing. Um, yeah. Which I think is, as we've been sort of alluding to all season, kind of the inherent problem with Ursula is that she is so endearing. Um, yeah. To... To the point where I'm just not on Peter's side anymore because just just date her. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she obviously likes you. Just date her. Like, you know, Mary Jane's getting married. Leave her alone. Date her. <laughs> date Ursula. <laughs> I know. And she's so sweet and she likes him so much that I'm kind of like, forget Mary Jane's getting married. Like, she's engaged. She's yeah. just moved. Just look how cute this one is. And you'd get free rent. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he'd probably set you up in the biggest apartment, you know, in the whole place. (laughs) Or he'd up the rent and give him a smaller apartment. Well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, so, like, in in the text of the film, Mm -hmm. in the... the structure they're going for here, like, the the point of Ursula, the character, is to, like, I don't know, remind Peter that there's, you know, still life to be led and that he he doesn't stuck forever on one one path or that people still like him even if he's just Peter. But by casting somebody who is so uniquely, immediately endearing, um, it, it, it loops back around to like Peter looking like he's just making stupid decisions. I don't know, is that... Does that track or does that, is, does that seem uh, out of um, out of line to say? I just... I, I'm. It's harder for me to be on Peter's side when it's almost like he's stringing this girl along. Yes. Than yeah. I mean, it's it's way worse than the next movie. Um, oh sure. <laughs> way way worse than the next movie. I I don't know that it was necessarily written 
that she has a crush on him. I think mm. that might just be how she's playing the role. Oh, um, okay. And yeah. I, because I mean, if you look at like, if you just look at the words on the page, what does she say? She says, hi, Pete, which is just a friendly thing to say. Mm-hmm. And then this of like, you know, bringing the, like, you know, I, I've got cake. Do you want a piece of cake? You know, and, and sitting down and having a piece of cake with him. Mm. I I feel like their chemistry is just so good that it's it's reading more romantic than it should be. Because I, I, you know, I watched the scene like multiple times while doing this notes mm. and thinking about like where we are in the movie and what the purpose of this scene is um on uh, mm-hmm. like on the on the grand scheme and and you you mentioned that it was about like peter realizing that people still like him mm-hmm. as peter but like i actually don't think that that's what this is because oh, i don't okay. think that's what he needs right now um because he's yeah. already he already knows people like peter like he hasn't been spider-man for a while i feel mm-hmm. like what this is is like just before he was looking out on the the uh, looking out the window looking out at the city and sort of asking the city, uh, why can't I have what I want, what I need, what am I supposed to do? You know, after the fire incident um, that we talked mm-hmm. about last week mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, someone died in the fire, even though he saved yeah. the little girl. Mm-hmm. I I think that what this scene is about is really just sort of like him reconnecting with a New Yorker, like with a person, oh, like with the yeah. people yeah. that he saves. Because Spider-Man, you know, when you look back at like what he did as Spider-Man, he very rarely, unless it was Mary Jane, he very rarely connected to any of the the victims of these mm-hmm. bits. You know, like even the even in the scene when he is stopping whoever those uh, the people in the convertible, whatever they did, um, yeah, yeah, we don't know who they hurt or what money or jewels or whatever it was that they stole. We don't know anything about them. We just know they're the bad guys and he stops them. And then he's late as a result. He doesn't get to connect with the people that he helped in that scenario. He just stopped the bad guys. And that's all he tends to do is just stop the bad guys. And then he stops the bad guys and then pays the price for it personally. Sure. And he never sees the benefit of what he does. And I yeah. feel like that's what this scene is about is is more about this and the next scene that we're going to talk about the rest of the week. It's more about him connecting with the people who, you know, are like the good people in New York and like why yeah. he should be doing what he should be doing instead of quitting. Like he's yeah. doing it for these people, not for his Uncle Ben. He's doing it for these people. That's what he's supposed to be learning, I think. Yeah. Yes, and ba- based off of what you say with that, I I agree. But you need to be careful with who you're being sweet to. Yes. <laughs> because mm-hmm. in this situation, if he's like, oh, I'm going to be sweet to this person, you have to know that that person has a crush on you and mm-hmm. is clearly reaching out for something more. And yes, he's being nice, but he's also looking at her very sweetly. So there's a, a line that he's flirting with there that, could be really leading around, like Zach said. Right, right. Even though yeah. he's just being sweet. And he probably can't even see it because he's so obsessed with Mary Jane. But mm-hmm. that's... Right. With great power comes great responsibility. When you're a little cutie pie, you got to know who you're flirt- <laughs> sending your flirt eyes to. 
Yeah, that's its own power there, Peter. Yeah, mm. I think you're you're absolutely right, Scott. And I think one of the reasons it was harder for me to pick out that through line there connecting this scene to the ones that precede it and the one that follow it is the amount of you know sweetness chemistry sort of warps the reality to the point where this feels like a meet cute in a romantic comedy or something yes. like this feels like the start of oh we've had these parallel tracks with like peter's you know uh, spider-man woes and his personal troubles and right now and it almost feels like now we're going to branch off into you know, uh, there's other romance out there type of story, which is not what it's supposed to be doing, but it's what it feels like. Yes. It has the texture of the meeting between, oh, this is these this is the person mm-hmm. I'm meant for. Right, um, right. Yeah. Like the, oh, the, the girl I should have been chasing is has been here this whole time, right in front of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah like the Taylor Swift song. Yeah, so... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't... And it's it's not helped by the fact that, like, Bill Pope lights her like, you know, just the most wonderful creature in the universe every time she comes in a room. The one that really, like, gets me is uh, when they're sitting down with the cake uh, near the end of the minute. There's this shot with, like, just a single source, uh, quote-unquote, daylight on her. And she just looks up at him with these, like, big giant eyes and, like, is a little shy. And I'm like, come on. Like, (laughs) well, how are we supposed to, like, not want this to be our story now yeah um, i don't know maybe mm-hmm. that's me being a sap but no really... it's true yeah because she's like no one looks at me when i eat cake like that i also don't like it when people watch me eat <laughs> so, <laughs> sure yeah <laughs> she's not even done with her cake yet and just staring at him and mm-hmm. he's like mm, 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 i like it, it. <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah i i yeah no i i think that there's Definitely some um, mixed messaging going on uh, Mm -hmm. based on like what was on the page and what they're actually shooting. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Because there's definitely a ridiculous amount of chemistry. She's definitely being lit in a romantic fashion, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and it it when you look at it, it's just it's a weird it is a very weird scene because of that. I think that's what makes mm-hmm. it yeah. feel so awkward. Whereas if it was just a friendly moment, it wouldn't feel so awkward. It would be like, oh, he never gets anything that he wants. He lo- mm-hmm. he doesn't get any benefit of like being who he is. But then because of who he is, Ursula is here offering him some cake and he right. gets to have some cake, you know? And it's just this moment of like, all right, well, I guess – you know, not everything's bad, you know, not yeah, everything's right. awful, but yeah, that's like the, the not... scene should be about the cake. But I get it's this about her chocolate right. cake. He's <laughs> yeah. like, God, my life sucks. Even they can't even get the cake right. Yeah. Chocolate's me chocolate. I get vanilla. She's flirting with me. I don't even know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is maybe like pushing it a bridge too far, but the, the cake choice feeds into this. I think like the idea that, on the page, this kind gesture, the idea of the cake, which is like a thing in real life, like when you're feeling kind of down and somebody is willing to like, you know, offer you food, whether it's you you go to a work event or something and thank God there's food here or uh-huh. you know, somebody comes by when you're dealing with a, a tough time and is like, hey, we have some extra, you know, tacos that we made. You want something. That gesture itself is almost like the world reminding you that not everything is bad. The right. the, the symbolic power is in the food. And... 
we don't have the right food so like the it doesn't quite land like mm-hmm. right. oh, the, the the scene doesn't care about the the cake when they shot it but the script really cares about the cake because that's where the power of the scene is so instead of the cake being the focus or the gesture being the focus it's on how delightful is ursula yeah um, yeah uh, i <laughs> i don't know if this scene would have played better with the proper cake but it seems like it would in my brain <laughs> mhm i mean yeah. it's just it's just another it's another instance of like you know the mixed messaging happening in the in the scene you know totally yeah, yeah. Jenny, like from even just a minor detail of her saying it's chocolate cake and it's not chocolate cake yeah uh, where is the priority it's it's not in that it's on other things right yeah yeah, right. yeah. but uh but yeah but i do i do like what this scene is meant to represent on the page which is mm-hmm. like this is ursula represents who who he's who he should be Spider-Man for, which is like yes. all the good people in New York. Like that's why he should be doing this. Um, and yeah. he has forgotten that. And she has brought him cake and milk to remind him. Yeah. <laughs> it is also um, so, I don't know. There are certain words that when adults say them, I think it's very weird. And milk is one of them. Yeah. I don't like saying <laughs> milk. I don't know why, yeah. what the deal is, but like even when I'm working, I won't ask anyone if they want milk with their coffee. I just bring it because yeah. I don't oh. want to say it. But yeah, even it, saying it right now, I'm like, Ugh, it's a it, horrible it, word. It's weird. It's a weird word, uh, especially like I can say milk, like if I'm talking about um you know, like a recipe, like, oh, I need like a half a cup sure. of milk. Like that's or a milkshake. Yeah. Or like a yeah. milkshake. Yeah. But there's something about being a grown adult and saying glass of milk. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just, I hate it so much. Yeah. It's very strange. I, I do not disagree at all, but I've never been, <laughs> I've also never been a milk drinker. So that's, uh, yeah. that's, yeah. that's part of my problem, I think, but I don't know. I'm like, can I have some cow Cow boob juice. I'd rather say that than milk. <laughs> like I, I consume a fair amount of milk, but that's just because I eat a lot of cereal. Like it's still, there's some like part of me that feels like the gesture of pouring milk into a glass to drink it is like ritzy or belongs in like some other type of upbringing I did not have or <laughs> yeah. is is tied to childhood in a way that feels inappropriate in yeah. some way. I'm just like... I can't. I can't do this. I, yeah. I, can't. I can't. I can't drink a glass of milk. What? A, what was I raised on a farm? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I love milk. I like it obviously in cereal. I like milkshakes. I like ice cream. All that stuff. But for some, mm. like, I could drink a glass of milk if I was given it. Ew! I can't even. As soon as I said it, it was terrible. Um, but but yeah, yeah. It's so interesting. It's. And that also adds to the awkwardness of it. We're like, who offers another, and not even a, you're almost a grown up. You're an adolescent. You're like a 20 year, who offers someone? Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> no, I agree. Can I, can, okay. So, so I've done this a lot this season, but I'm going to, I'm going to offer up a small change that I think like two, like a couple of small changes that I think could fix this scene a lot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I think. The first thing that you do, and I hate to say it because I love her to pieces, but cast Ursula younger. Make her like 13 
12, mm, 13. Yeah. And suddenly this scene feels more like she's giving Santa Claus, you know, milk and cookies than giving yeah. a boy that she feeding a boy that she likes, you know? And it would uh, make it less of a uh, awkward romance and more of a, oh, you're so cute and little and you've got a crush on this older boy that lives next door to you. Well, but not only that, Even but if I, the I, crush isn't there. Like, yeah. Yeah. I just I, I actually like the idea of her being a little girl because it's more like Spider-Man is like Santa Claus and she's like, you know, the way you leave milk and cookies out for Santa on Christmas Eve. Like she's mm-hmm. she doesn't know he's Spider-Man, but it would sort of like represent that you know that uh, thankfulness that like little kids have for santa claus like that's why they leave out the milk and cookies right and so she's like offering him you know milk and cake and it's sort of you know kind of similar it's you know you can you can draw that sort of thematic line i think a little bit more um Mm -hmm. and especially since there has been like a through line in this film about like the way young kids relate to Spider-Man or look mm-hmm. up to Spider-Man with like the kids that saw him do the flip outside the theater and the like, you know, eat your green vegetables, saving the two kids from the um, path of the incoming truck, yep. the two kind of like children of the corn kids and saving the, you know, kid at the fire. There's this. Right. And as we'll see, all... as we'll see in the next minute, uh, good old Henry Jackson. Oh, good old Henry Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that I'm, it's a less, uh, it's a less weirdly charged interaction than this. Yeah, uh, that sort of sort of places it more in the line of like people look up to people that inspire them, and that matters to them, and not it. It doesn't threaten to segue us off into romantic comedy territory. Yeah, the other thing that I would change, and this is this is another thing uh, that is slight difference, but it, w- it wouldn't take much. But like. Mm. Have them talk? Like, why aren't they talking? <laughs> like, just have them talk. Like, if if she was the little girl and, and they're eating cake and, you know, she mentions that, like, she looks up to Peter and he's like, why? Like, I, you know, I barely get by. And she's like, yeah, but you're doing it. Like, you're going to college and you're doing these things. And like, yeah, you look really busy, but you're doing it. And that's cool. That's mm. something to look up to. That's, you know, and like, uh-huh. if you could have that sort of conversation there where it's like yeah no i mean people look up to you peter like you you (laughs) might feel like a mess but you're not to other people you know right right sort of adjust his perspective a bit whereas instead we just we just sit in this moment we just sit (laughs) (laughs) Uh, silent eating awkward silent eating is so awkward (laughs) yeah yeah suffer the little children (laughs) (laughs) Maybe this is like, you know, how Sam Raimi delights in like th- weird awkwardness. He's like, oh, I, I love it when things are uncomfortable. Let's like sit in this just a little while longer is like this probably makes him laugh. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. why it's kept this way. But it it, it doesn't quite uh, uh, strengthen the underlying message at right. this point in the film. Yeah. yeah. Of all the things that they cut out of this and then put back into the 2.1, the fact that mm-hmm. this was in the theatrical cut is just the weirdest choice. <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know yeah i don't know i don't know anyway crystal what do you have going on you got anything going on uh right now just um unlimited lives as always that's my that's my big thing and then the fifth element is still up on itunes forever probably and yeah. um 
Yeah, I'm just looking forward to guesting more on people's stuff. I've had to say no for so often, getting ready to move, and now I'm here to do the fun things. Yay. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, we will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, if you're on Facebook, join the Spider-Man Minute Friendly Neighborhood Listener Group and uh, talk with us there. Talk about, you know, what do you think the cake scene means? What What did you think of this scene when you saw it the first time in theaters? Yeah. Uh, I want to I want to hear I from read. I want to hear from everyone. Like, just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tell me what you think of this cake scene. Um, even before we talked about it, like, what did you think of it? When you first saw it, what have you thought of it since then? What what do you think this scene means? Do you think we're 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 hitting the nail on the head or what? Let us know uh, about the cake scene and uh, share in our our love of Ursula. <laughs> um, and uh, we will be back tomorrow with minute eighty two. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye.